0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We wanna say there is certainty in an uncertain world. And if you missed last week, go back on our YouTube channel and catch up. Because I wanna ask you a question at the start of our time together today. And it's simply this, is there a difference between a follower and a fan? Like a fan, the the, the definition of a fan is an enthusiastic admirer. And fans do anything for the people that they follow and support, especially football fans like this guy. All right, I mean, you've got to be pretty committed not only to be there. I mean, look at everyone else just like like looking at him. They're all there in their coats, top off, Newcastle United Football Club. I mean, you've got to be a bit crazy, haven't you, to be that kind of a fan. And here's the other thing about fans. They like, the person that they're a fan of, they'll like, I'll marry you, even though I've never met you. I mean, look at these crazy photographs, you know. Marry me, marry me. You've never met them. You're a fan. You're an enthusiastic admirer. But here's the thing about fans. Fans are fickle. I'm an Aston Villa fan. I know how fickle fans can be, all right? So like, we're like, you're amazing, you're terrible. It's like, you're the hero. And then you go to another club and you come back to the club and we boo you. We boo the very person that was a hero to us. There's a difference between a fan and a follower. And if you're engaged in any way with social media, which I guess most of us are these days, then actually social media even talk about these words, fan or follower. The next slide it says fan or follower. You see, social media knows that if you're just a fan, it's very easy for you to disable notifications. It's very easy for you to walk away. And in fact, social media platforms don't just want you to be a fan or a follower. They want to move to what they call friendship which is where it's reciprocal and it's profile to profile doing relationship together. And that's interesting because that's kind of where we're starting and landing today. And what we're looking at in this series called Follow is how do we find certainty in an uncertain world? And the certainty number one that we looked at last week was this, every day is an invitation from Jesus to follow Him. If you read the gospels, the stories of Jesus, time and time again, He just said to people, follow me. Didn't matter what you believed. Didn't matter how you behaved. Didn't matter what was going on. Didn't matter about your lifestyle. Jesus didn't say change then follow. Jesus said follow and then you'll change. But I don't know about you, but if anybody said to me, hey, hey, follow me. What's your first question gonna be? Anyone? Where are we going, right? Where are we going? Or you know, what clothes will I need? For me, and I know this sounds a really terrible guy comment and I've stereotyped guys there and girls maybe. For me, it's going to be, what shoes do I need? Seriously, it's really going to be that question. Or we'd say like, what's in it for me? Or how much will it cost? Or what will happen? But the question guys, when Jesus says, follow me, isn't about a what or about a where, it's about a who. It's about a who. And the guys and the girls that follow Jesus, they didn't ask the questions, where are we going? I mean that comes later, we'll talk about that next week. But they basically, they were so enraptured and they were so enamoured with this guy Jesus that it didn't matter about the what or the where, it was all about the who. And that brings us to certainty number two that we're gonna look at today and it's this. Every day is an opportunity to deepen our relationship with Him. Guys, if you're a follower of Jesus, okay, and some of you watching out there or some of you here in the room or in a location, you might say, I don't think I am a follower of Jesus. I want to tell you what being a follower of Jesus is all about. But maybe for some of you, you've been a follower of Jesus for maybe just a few weeks or a few months. And I want to kind of introduce you to some concepts that maybe are new to you. Some of you have been following Jesus for decades and you've forgotten some of this stuff. Following Jesus isn't about what you know, it's about Who you know. Every day in our uncertainty is an opportunity for you and I to deepen our relationship with Him. And you see, here's the thing a fan knows all about someone, but a real follower knows them. And you know, I met Liza Minnelli once, she walked past me. I met Tony Curtis once. I met Joe Pasquale once. You've met famous people, maybe. We don't know them. We may have met them, but we don't know them. The question is, do you know the Jesus that you say you follow? And in the Bible, there's three amazing, there's more, but there's three incredibly strong pictures of relationship with God. This is what it means to know God. These these pictures run throughout the Bible, okay? They're from the Old Testament, which is the first half of the Bible, right the way through to the New Testament. We're going to just dive into these three pictures today. And the first picture is this, it's the picture of the shepherd and the sheep. This is a powerful picture that runs throughout scripture throughout the Bible. And basically the big idea is this, you can hear his voice you can hear the voice of God. Now for some of you that might seem really crazy. I don't mean like the Charlton Heston, Morgan Freeman, booming voice out of heaven. I mean a voice that you can connect with, that you can resonate with, that you know that's God speaking to you. And in John chapter 10, Jesus uses this cultural metaphor. You see relevance is taking what's cultural to say what's timeless. Relevance isn't about flashing lights and smoke and all that. Relevance is taking what's cultural to say what's timeless. And Jesus took something that was incredibly cultural. And in John chapter 10, he says this, because he goes on to say, I'm the good shepherd. But before he says that, he describes to people relationship between sheep and shepherd. Because in first century Israel, they got it. They understood it. And he says this, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his, What? voice, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Now the context for this is really important. In Israel at the time, all of the flocks of sheep would have been housed, kept overnight in a, in a communal pen Uh, in the middle of the village and what would happen is that every shepherd would appear uh, on the day and they would go to the gate and they would begin to call out their own sheep Uh, and this is true you can see it in research and as they called out their own sheep the sheep knew the voice of their shepherd and so even though on the face of it all of the flocks were all mixed up the shepherd knew his sheep and the sheep knew his shepherd. And so he called them out by his voice and then he led them through his voice. And in um, Western understanding, you know, we keep sheep mostly for meat. In the East, they keep it mostly for wool, okay? And in the time, so, so there's this relationship and the, the terrain is rugged and there's cliffs and there's, there's danger and there's wild animals and there's robbers and, and the voice of the shepherd was so important for the sheep because often he would come alongside or, or he would go ahead or sometimes he, he would raise his voice because there's danger. Sometimes he would lower his voice because he wanted to soothe, but all the time they got to know the voice of their shepherd. And there's a beautiful thing if you look at Psalm 23 where it says, oh, you know, um, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I remember reading years ago about uh, it's some sheep, uh, some shepherds, would, there would be certain sheep that when they got too old for wandering around, the shepherd would say, hey, you can't kind of come and live in my house. as almost like a pet. And that's kind of image in the mind of David when he says, surely I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's this relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. They know his voice. Let me challenge you today. If you say you're a follower of Jesus, do you know his voice? Do you hear his voice? Does he hear your voice? Because if he doesn't, I mean, what relationship would you and I say is a relationship of value where we never hear that other person's voice? And we know, don't we, the last 20 months, it's been so hard as we've been, we've been caused to, to, to remain socially distant. you know. And so many of us have found ways to communicate, haven't we? So we've Zoomed with our family from around the world or around the country, or we, we've WhatsApped or we've, we've FaceTimed, or we, we've done whatever we can in order to hear and for them to hear our voice. And for me, when God speaks, it's often in a whisper. Sometimes it's what I call the whispers of assurance. Last year in the summer, I was out on my bike one day and and I was trying to get my head around the fact of our locations. I'll speak to you guys directly. Uh, No multi-site church that I know of in this country is trying to bring their locations back at the moment, just out of COVID. And everyone I talked to, it just seemed like we couldn't do it. And yet I really felt, and we felt from God, that we desperately wanted to do it. And I remember as I was on my bike one day, just feeling like totally inadequate and faced with challenges of leadership. And certainly in my time of leadership, which is nearly 30 years now, it's the most challenging two years I've ever known. And I remember being on my bike and I remember I was talking to God and I was, He was hearing my voice a lot that day. All right, I was saying, I'm really frustrated. And I was also starting to say to God, I don't feel confident, I don't feel courageous. And then I said this word, I don't feel capable. And as clear as I can, but it was a whisper. I felt God say to me, Leon, you're not capable but you're called. And literally just that whisper, it wasn't another voice, it was my voice, but I felt it was God. There's something inside of me that felt it was God. And I pulled my bike over to the side and I wrote it down. And I meditated on it for days and weeks after that. You're not capable of what you're called. You're not capable of what you're called. It was a whisper of assurance that I needed and that I still do need. But I don't know about you, there's also whispers of correction. Anyone felt that? That nudge from God, that voice from God, where you know that you're out of order. You know you know that you're speaking a little bit wrong or you're doing something a bit wrong. That whisper of correction, that's so important. If you haven't heard the whisper of correction, it's not that God isn't speaking, it's that you aren't listening. And then there's the whispers, what I call the whispers of action where God prompts you to do something, whether it's to send that text or to drop that message or to go see that person or to give that money or to, or to take that step of faith. There's that whisper of action. And as I talk about this, maybe some of you are saying, but how do I do that? Let me give you a very simple thing, okay, a practical thing that I thought about many years ago. And I call it this, ready, steady, go. It's how do we get ready, then how do we steady ourselves, then how do we Go. In the Old Testament, there's a brilliant story of a young lad called Samuel who's in the temple, and God speaks to him, and he doesn't know that it's God, and he goes to Eli the old the old priest, and he says, "I think somebody, did you speak to me?" And Eli said, "No, I didn't." Go back to bed. And it happens three times, and then suddenly, the, the old guy recognises he should have known it, but he didn't, that it was the voice of God. And so he tells Samuel to do three things. He tells him to, to go and lie down. It's like go and get ready, go and steady, you go, go and kind of prepare yourself. It doesn't just mean lie down, it means, it means you've got to be still long enough for God to speak to you. For me, it's not being still, but going out on my bike sometimes or, or just sitting is a way of, of me readying myself for God to speak. And then steady is when you feel God speak, you've got to check it out with a few filters. Like, is this me or is this God? Is this consistent with the Word of God? You know, I'm amazed at how many Christians say, oh, God told me to do this. And I went, really? That's exactly the opposite of what God says in the Bible. That's not God. Maybe is this something I need to check out with somebody else? But but there's ways to steady and then you've got to go. You've got to go. The only way to test that God is speaking to you is to be obedient to what you think He's saying. And the more you do that, the more you get to learn the voice of God. And I want to say to you guys, when was the last time you felt God whisper to you? Maybe a whisper of assurance, maybe a whisper of correction, or maybe a whisper of action. But for me, what's so exciting about following Jesus is not where we're going, but who's going with us. Who am I following? Because it's a, a relationship where you can hear His voice. But secondly, um, there's a picture here, a powerful picture of the vine and the branches. And the idea behind this, the invitation is this, that you can know His power. Not only can you hear His voice guys, but you can know His power. And Jesus in John 15, again, taking something that's very, very cultural, and He says this, I am the true vine. You see, a vine for Israel was was a real, very important uh, picture of um, them as a nation. And often they were a a wild vine, and God was the vine dresser trying to, to sort it all out. And so this is very cultural language. And then He goes on to say, remain in me as I also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing and of course that doesn't mean apart from me you can do nothing it means in the context of what Jesus is talking about if you want to bear spiritual fruit You can't do that unless you're abiding, or not abiding, that shows you my age, remaining in the vine. And this picture of the branch and the vine is so important because many, many of us as followers of Jesus, we want to produce spiritual fruit, like we want to be fruitful. And yet we often wanna do it on our own outside of a close, intimate relationship with the vine. And this is so, so important. If you're not connected to the vine, eventually you'll stop bearing fruit. And the Bible says that 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 the vine dresser, the gardener, if you like, Jesus, he comes along and, and he and he any branch that's not bearing fruit, he cuts it away. And the branch that is bearing fruit, he prunes it. So either way, you're gonna get cut. All right. So basically that's it. But you're being cut purposefully and intentionally, because God wants you to be more fruitful. And so here's the interesting thing enough that if you look at the research of it, the vine was one of those plants, trees uh, or, or plants where the wood is useless outside of the vine. In other words, you can't do anything with it other than burn it. And what happens, guys, is if you and I go long enough and we, we are almost disconnected. You know, the old, the, old, the old language word, the King James word was abide. If we don't abide or we'll remain in Him, and we go long enough in our Christian life like that, soon everything that we're producing in our life is just self-effort. And God says, actually, there's no value in that. We might as well just burn it. But when you stay connected to Him, when you remain in Him, His promise is this, that you can know His power running through your life. What does that look like? The challenge, if you're a follower of Jesus, is your relationship more about your effort or about His work in you, His power in you? And I don't know about you, but over this last 20 months where maybe we feel, many Christians I think have felt disconnected, have felt not just disconnected from church and relationship, but disconnected from God, and we've lost maybe that sense of His power. You know, many of us, you know, that sense of being in God's presence together and worshipping together and experiencing God move together. And we, we live on that, don't we? And this last 20 months has been so hard. And yet I want to say, I believe, believe that God is calling us at the start of 2022. Nearly said 2020 then. At the start of 2022, I believe God is calling us to renew our relationship with Jesus and experience His power again. And what I love about God is that He doesn't say, hey, so you haven't felt close to me? He doesn't do that, he just says, hey, follow me. Hey, follow me, just follow me. You haven't been abiding, you haven't been remaining, follow me, start connecting again. And for me, what that looks like practically is at the start of the day, just saying, Jesus, today is your day. I want you to fill me with your power today. I have no clue what is happening today, but I don't wanna do this day on my own. But then you know what I discover? Around about the middle of the day, I need to check in with God again. You know, and almost say, hey God, in the middle of the day, I want to thank you for what you have been doing. I want to thank you in preparation for what you are going to do. And right now in the middle of the day, God, would you fill me with your power again? And then at the end of the day, I want to just look back and say, God, you've been good today. Acknowledge where he's been at work and say, now as I sleep and as I rest, I give my life to you again. Fill me with your power, even as I sleep. Wouldn't it be incredible if, if, if all of us, those watching online or in locations or here in the room, you know, went every day of our life, saying, every day is an opportunity to deepen my relationship with Jesus. I can hear His voice and I can know His power. And then the third and final picture, and I love this one, is of a father and a child. And the big idea here is that you can, you can experience His embrace. And I realise that maybe for some of you, if you've not had a good relationship with, with a parent, with a father or a mother, this is difficult for you to understand. But I want to say, and for me, I've had a great relationship with two amazing parents who love Jesus and were incredible heroes to me. Whether you've had a good relationship or a terrible relationship, all of that is, pales into insignificance when it comes to the relationship with our heavenly parent, Father. And this idea is so powerful. Let me tell you about one of the most famous stories that many of you will have heard of. And it's a story Jesus tells. It's central, I think, to to the understanding of the Gospel. It's a story of a father who had two sons. And the two sons, one of them uh, kept all the rules and one of them was a bit of a rebel. And the one who was a bit of a rebel one day asked his father for his inheritance. And the the father let him go. And you know the story, We, we call it the prodigal son. There's the prodigal son, there's the, there's the older brother, but the main character in the story, I don't think is the prodigal son or the elder brother, it's the father, it's the father. And you get these two sons, one goes away from the father and one stays at home, but it's as far away from the father's heart as is the other son. A guy called Wayne Jacobson said it this way, in the long run, it doesn't matter whether rebellion or religion keeps you from a vibrant relationship with the father, the result is the same. So whether you run away from the Father or whether you stay in the house, but you're disconnected from an experience of relationship, the result is the same. And so we look at this incredible story that one day this younger son who went away came back. And this is what happened in Luke 15. So he got up, this is the younger son, and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken from this text. It's probably my most spoken about text ever. And I never get, it never gets old. And I never get familiar. And I never get tired of talking about this lovesick running father. Because that's who God is, guys. Isn't it? And Jesus invites you into a relationship where you not only hear His voice, not only know His power, but you can also experience His embrace. You see, what's scandalous about this story is is this young son saying to his dad, I want my inheritance now. Because in effect, what he's saying is, dad, I wish you were dead. And what's even more scandalous is the father a wealthy man in Jewish culture letting his son go. And then it gets even more scandalous because this young guy, a Jewish young guy from a wealthy family ends up in the pigsty, feeding pigs and eating the pig food, which you know in Jewish culture is an anathema. It's like, what? But the most scandalous thing of all is to come later in the story. You see, no, no man in this culture, no father in this culture would even let their son leave like this. No father in this culture would wait and watch for their son to return. No father in this culture would run for anyone. Like Wealthy people, powerful people don't run, do they? Apart from when you saw like some of those politicians that kind of try to run a little bit. But they just don't. And yet here's this guy with long flowing roads, which he'd have had to grab and tuck in his belt, otherwise he'd have tripped over them. And then he's running down the road in front of the community. But the most scandalous thing of all is no father in this culture would then throw his arms around this man who would have smelt like pigs and kissed him. That's what God does for me and for you. And you can experience his embrace. Guys, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how you smell, you can experience His embrace, which is utterly, totally mind-blowing to me. And so the challenge is this, Do you still know and experience his embrace? I am not talking about emotion. I am not talking about feeling. I'm not talking about every single day you feel. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just those moments when you know and experience the love of God. For some of you, that will be intellectually because that's how you connect with God. For some of you, it will be more emotionally, but you'll know that you're experiencing the love and the embrace of God. So how do we do that? I promised that I wouldn't keep talking about my granddaughter, but I am gonna talk about her a little bit today, all right? Because over this last kind of, I don't know, 20 months where she's been around, she was born the week after lockdown. um, Through the baby phase, we weren't able to see each other through the baby phase for the first three months because of lockdown. But then when she got into the toddler phase, and and, and I love that phase, okay? The baby phase, not so much, too little, don't really know what to do with you, okay? But in the toddler phase, I love it. But Tali does two things which have totally melted my heart and blown me away. And I can't tell you how much joy she's brought into my life in this last 20 months. And the two things that she does is this. Number one, is that when she sees me, she walks towards me and she reaches for me like that. Like she just lifts up her arms. And like, in my head, okay, what she's saying is, grandad or dandad, as she calls me, like you, I wanna be in your arms. Like, I'm going to feel safe in your arms. Like, like I, I haven't got what I need right now. You've got what I need. Would you just lift me up? Now, she's probably not saying that. She's probably doing that because she knows granddad is the one that's going to give her ice cream and chocolate. I know that. But in my heart, it's the other one. okay? And so when she reaches for me and I lift her, I can't tell you how much joy that brings. But here's the other one. Sometimes when she comes out the bath, if we're putting her to bed or she's grumpy or she's tired or or she's just a little bit, whatever, she'll just like come into my arms and then just put her head on my chest and just rest. And I can't tell you how much joy that is when she's resting on my chest. And one of these occasions, either when she was reaching or she was resting, I felt the whisper of God. And he said this to me, Leon, the joy you're experiencing right now is the joy I experience when you do the same. When you just reach for me, and when you just rest on me. And it sounds simple, and it is simple, but I think it's really profound as well. Because so many of us in our uncertain world are trying to figure it all out, aren't we? Like as a leader, I'm trying to figure it all out. I can't tell you how many times I wake up in the night trying to figure something out. Do you know what I mean? Thinking, oh, where's that person? Or how are we going to do that up at Rowley? And I know it's so frustrating for you guys with how things have been going, and we really feel for you. And, and then I think about, what about so and so? I haven't seen them for a while, and how do we do this? And, and you know, and I got an email saying this, and an email saying that, and, and they're saying opposite things, and I'm like, Ugh, you know, and I'm trying to figure it out and work it all out. And all the time, God is saying, will you just reach for me and rest on me? And I think for me, the window into that was the joy I felt when Tali does that. And it's almost like thinking, could that be true God, that, that you would feel that level of joy when I just reach for you or rest in you? That totally flipped around my understanding of that. It's not just about me, it's actually the joy that God experiences when you and I are in relationship with Him. Here is the incredible truth, guys. Every day, every day is an opportunity to deepen our relationship with Him. I was praying for someone today here, Don. His wife, Kath, is in hospital with COVID. Couple that we love dearly. Been in our church for many, many years. God bless you, my friend, we are praying for you. But you know, as Kath is in hospital and Don is here and, and all of the pain of that, still in the middle of that uncertainty every single day. He said to me, I just wanted to be in church. Because every day is an opportunity to deepen our relationship with Jesus, even the tough days. Some of you are struggling right now with finance or with your job or with health or with, with family. Every day in the uncertainty of that is an opportunity to deepen your relationship with the one that you say you're following. You can hear His voice if you listen. If you get yourself ready and steady, you can hear it. You can know His power if you remain in Him and abide in Him and draw from Him, and you can experience His embrace. And so what we're gonna do right now is we've got some time this morning where we are gonna do that, where we're gonna create some time here and online where we can experience His presence. In a moment, we're gonna take communion together. But before we do that, I wanna invite you to stand with me. Would you do that? And as we stand together, I wanna invite you to invite God to come close to you today. And maybe for some of you, it's been so long since you've heard His voice. So what we're going to do in a moment, right now in fact, we're just going to close our eyes wherever we are, and at locations and online as well. And just as the guys are playing underneath, just let's ready ourselves for a moment. Let's just pause in our busy, crazy, uncertain, frustrating world right now. And I know like me, many of you, every time you switch the TV set on and catch up on the news, you just wanna scream, don't you? Just because of the ridiculous stuff that's happening around our world. But there's a whole load of painful stuff as well. And as I thought about families this week, I thought about, you know what? Every family has pain. Just look at the Queen. Just look at the Queen. Just look at the top people in our society. She's a human being. A mother, grandmother, great-grandmother who must be in incredible pain right now with what she's having to deal with in her family. So are you. She's no different. She's just human. And in the middle of all that, let's just ready ourselves and let's ask God to speak to us. So let's just take a moment of silence right now. Just with the music, I'll shut up. Let's open our hands and let's ask God to speak into our hearts today. Jesus, in these moments, we, we wanna not just rest, but we wanna receive from You. We wanna hear Your voice, we wanna know Your power. We wanna experience Your embrace. And now Lord, as we begin to open our mouths and worship You, I pray that we won't just sing at You. I pray that we will hear from You, that we will know Your power, we will experience Your embrace. Lord, even in these moments, Jesus, would You come, I pray, for every one of us here in this room, whether we say that we know You or not, God, whether we've just taken those first few steps to follow You or whether we've been following You for decades, Lord, we want to deepen our relationship with You. May we hear Your voice. May we know Your power. May we experience Your embrace. So Jesus, now as we worship You, I pray, God, for just that sense of Your presence and power, not only in this room, but locations online, wherever, whenever we are. God, even on our own, if we're watching this in our home somewhere, may we know that, that we're not on our own, that You are with us in that room and we can hear Your voice and we can know Your power and we can experience Your embrace. And so Lord, now as we worship You, may we know Your power, I pray. Lord, for those of us that know that we've not been abiding, we've not been remaining, we've not been listening, we've we've not been experiencing, but God, the great thing about You is there You are, that lovesick Father running down the hill the moment we turn towards You. God, right now, we are turning towards You to receive You again in Jesus' Name. Let's worship.